The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that were not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated and the children can come forward for a children's homily. Come on up. You're not in trouble. I think, are, are there other children? Are you all by yourself? Well, I can understand that's scary. Okay, big sister's going to come help. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much, big sister. So what are your names? Pardon? Chloe and, you're very soft-spoken, Isabel, Isabel and Chloe. Thank you, Isabel, for, I had to call you big sister. All right, so we're going to talk about this picture. Do you know what this image is called? It's called the image of divine mercy. And this image was a vision given to a saint by the name of Faustina. She was Saint Faustina and she saw this image of Jesus and Jesus said, I want you to have a painting made of this and hang it so that everybody can venerate me in my mercy and meditate on my mercy and I want the Sunday after Easter to be named the Sunday of Divine Mercy and so that's what we do. They call this the Sunday of Divine Mercy. And this is a picture of Jesus of course and you notice that from his heart are coming two beams of light, a pale beam, kind of a bluish white beam, that tells us of our baptism, that in our baptism, 
Christ in his mercy has made us clean and pure and adopted us as children of God. And then a red beam that reminds us of the blood of Jesus that we receive in the Eucharist. So not only does he make us clean and pure in our baptism, he continues to wash and clean and, and, and strengthen and give us power to, to live the life he's called us to live through the Holy Eucharist, through his body, blood, soul, and divinity given us in the Eucharist. And then at the bottom of the words, Jesus, I trust in you. Because we live our lives trusting in Jesus. We trust in his mercy. And so this is called the image of divine mercy. You actually see, you look, you see how Jesus is standing in front of a locked door? Because the disciples tried to lock Jesus out. But Jesus came to them and said, peace be with you. So Jesus is standing in front of the locked door because he comes to us wherever we are and whatever we've done and he gives us his love and his mercy and his peace. Okay? All right, you can go back to your seats now. God bless you. Thank you so much. Chloe and Isabel for coming forward. Yeah, I know that's kind of scary. All right. So, let's talk about this experience of divine mercy that was placed here on this day, the second Sunday of Easter. Now you notice that in the, the reading, the reading takes place on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, and it's the week after Jesus rose from the dead. And the disciples haven't seen him yet. So Jesus comes to the disciples on Divine Mercy Sunday. And when you think about it, the disciples haven't been very good boys. Remember what happened on, on, on Holy Thursday? When the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, they all got scared and ran, didn't they? They all ran away. They fled Jesus, left him all alone. And then Peter went on that night to deny Jesus three times. And now Mary Magdalene has seen Jesus. And she came and told them, I saw the Lord, I saw Jesus, he's risen from the dead. And of course the disciples being the faithful and, and pious people they are, they just refused to believe her. And she said, Jesus said to go to Galilee and he will meet you there. And of course, the disciples being the disciples, they disobeyed. They didn't go to Galilee. They went into the upper room where they'd had the Last Supper and they locked themselves in or locked Jesus out. They're terrified. They have no faith. They are living in disobedience. They've denied the Lord. They've run away from him and left him all alone. But God's mercy is infinite. And Jesus comes to them in their locked room, miraculously passes through the locked door and says to them, peace be with you. Three times in this brief discourse, Jesus says to them, peace be with you. Now in the other reading that we have, Deanna read to us the book from, from the book of Revelation. John the Apostle has another experience with Jesus, right? It's later in life. He's an old man. He's caught up in the Spirit again on the Lord's Day, on a Sunday. And he sees Jesus in all of his glory. John is so frightened he falls down as if dead. But Jesus says to him, Do not 
be afraid. Those are the two reflections I want us to think about today. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. You remember Moses in the Old Testament. He wanted to see God's face. And he told God this. He says, I want to see your face. And God says, I cannot show you my face, but I will show you my back. Now, when we read this, we think that Moses got second best. He wanted to see God's face, but instead all he saw was his back. But try to place yourself as a nomad 1500 BC and to show someone your back. That was something special. I mean, you might walk up to, even to an enemy face to face where you can keep an eye on them. But if you turn your back on someone, you are giving them yourself. You're entrusting your life into their hands. You're turning your back on them. They could stab you in the back. They could run a spear through you. You have made yourself vulnerable to them. God, in doing this, says to Moses, I am in your hands. Whatever you do to me, I am in your hands. And God just states his name just like he did at the burning bush. He says, I am. My name will always be known as I am. I'm not just a supreme being. I am all being, all that is. St. Thomas Aquinas reflecting on this of course says that in this God declares himself as the true act of to be. A lot of times we get ourselves confused because we think of God as some kind of supreme being that sits on a throne, toys with us like pieces on a chessboard. No. He is all and is in all. But God goes on to define himself further and he uses two words, mercy, compassion. These words are so rich in meaning. In Hebrew, haran, mercy, speaks not just of me being doing something nice for you, but that my, my entire person, my entire disposition is of benevolence to you. All that I am and all that I have is yours. My kindness, my generosity, my mercy, my grace is who I will always be to you. I am mercy. I am compassion. Hebrew word rachem speaks of the devotion of a mother for the child in her womb. That love and devotion a mother has for the child she carries in her womb. What mother is not thrilled and filled with joy for her child? What mother would not do anything for the sake of her child? Would, not, would even give her life for the life of the child? God's compassion is that of a mother towards the child in her womb. And I like the fact it specifies the child in the womb. Because sometimes when they, get, when they come out, they can get kind of annoying, can't they? But it is the mother, the mother's love for the child in her womb that God speaks of his compassion to us. You see, as I've said many times, 
love, mercy, compassion, these are not things God does. This is who he is. That's why when Jesus is faced with these disciples who have abandoned him, who have denied him, who have disobeyed him, and who have tried to lock him out of their lives, that's why he comes and says, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. In our own lives, sometimes we get confused. We think God's going to get angry with us because we have sin in our lives. Perhaps we have habitual sin that we just repeat over and over again, can't seem to, to get the victory over or the freedom from. And we think, well, maybe I, I, I just can't go to confession and confess it because I know I, I'm going to do it again. And, and since I live in habitual sin, maybe I shouldn't even bother coming to Mass, shouldn't receive communion. But Jesus speaks to us and says, Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. For love, mercy, and compassion are not something Jesus does when we ask him to. It is who he is all the time. And so we go through life and we find ourselves having struggles. We find ourselves being broken. We find ourselves failing in our lives. But when Jesus looks at us, he doesn't see our brokenness and our failures. Of course, the religious word for that is sins and iniquities, right? Why do we call things stuff that people, no one understands? Our brokenness, our failures, our inability to live the life we know God would like us to live. You know, Jesus doesn't see that. In the song of Zechariah, Zechariah prophesies that we are holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our lives. What does that mean? How can we be holy and righteous in God's sight when we know how broken, how broken and devastated we are? Well, it's quite simple. Love is blind. Remember, remember when you got married? For some of you, it wasn't that long ago. For some of us, it's been a long time. But when you got married, remember that when you first saw your, your bride coming down the aisle, or perhaps you're the bride, you're walking to see your, your groom standing there in his navy whites, and, and, you, and, he, and your, your spouse looks so perfect, so beautiful, spotless. You look at your bride or you look at your groom, and they are perfect in your sight because love is blind and when Jesus looks at each of us his love is so great he does not see our failures he does not see our brokenness he only sees his pure spotless bride because the church is his bride and so his love is blind to our faults and our failures holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our lives. And so you ask yourself, so why, so why bother to go to confession if Jesus doesn't see my faults? Why do I even bother thinking about them? Why do I say, why do I pause every Sunday and say, let us you know, reflect on our sins before we say the prayer of confession? Why do I go to confession and confess to a priest? 
Because not only does Jesus love us, but we love him. And so, like a good spouse, we try. We try to make ourselves better for our Lord that we love. So we come to confession, we confess our sins in Mass, we do self-examination, because we want to please God as best we can, but even as best we can, St. Paul says, our, our righteousness is like filthy rags. But that's okay, because Christ's love is blind to your faults and your failures. He only sees the precious, beautiful, spotless bride, because his mercy is great. So whatever we face in life, if we're facing health struggles, we have a hard time maintaining ourselves, our bodies are getting older and are giving up on us. Christ says to us, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. If we're facing relationship issues, we've been struggling in a relationship, we're trying, but we don't seem to be able to, to bring ourselves together the way we should. Perhaps we have children or grandchildren that have departed from the faith. We're not sure how to to encourage them back. We want to, to push them, but of course we realize the only direction we can push somebody is away. So somehow we want to draw them into the faith. How do we do that? God speaks to us, says, Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Perhaps we're facing financial issues, financial struggles, losing a portion of our income. We don't know how we're going to make the next mortgage or the next utility bills. And, Jesus speaks to us and says, Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. There is nothing that is not covered under the mercy of Christ. Because he cares for us as a mother cares for the child in her womb. There is nothing he would withhold. He will even Show us his back. And when he showed us his back, we did put him to death, didn't we? But Christ still comes and says, Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. So whatever we face in life, we face with courage. In the knowledge that God's grace is sufficient, he will bring us through because his mercy is rich. It is deeper than any ocean. It is more far-reaching than the farthest reachings of space. God speaks to us in the depths of our need, in our failures, in our brokenness, in our disobedience, and says to us, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. 